Hey there, I'm Paul Lighting. You're listening to L.O. Governor, the podcast. Welcome to the 60th episode of L.O. Government of the Podcast. Woohoo! Yay. <laughs> and I'm Abdullah, and with me as always is my enthusiastic host, uh, co-host Tom. Everything is awesome. That's, that, 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 that's the most enthusiasm you're ever going to get out of me. Okay, fuck it. Well, let's just get straight right in, straight to the biggest news that's going to take up most of this podcast. Fucking... Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man does whatever Spider-Man can. And he's finally back with Marvel. Oh, my God. Uh, um, well, the way I describe it to my mate, this is how I described it, where Spider-Man's been a very, very bad boy, and he had to be sent off the boarding school to learn a <laughs> lesson. Because because he's been abused by his adopted parents. He... Um, he made some wrong choices in his decision, got in an argument with the wrong people, pissed off too many people, and he has to go away back to his um, back back to where he came from home and actually learn a lesson. And and here's the thing that most people uh, misunderstand: uh, Sony still owns the film rights, but yeah. they just have but they're just getting like Marvel guys to come in and and work on the next movie. Well, this is what I mean. It's like um, you remember that woman that got fired from Sony over the whole. Um, Leaking. leaking thing. She's still yeah. hired by Sony, but now she's the head producer behind the Spider-Man development team for Sony on the Sony side of the producer <laughs> team. Oh God, damn! Her and someone else, and the original two people, um, Avi Varar and uh, Matt Thompson, I think his name was, are no are nowhere near this project. Oh, Avi Arad has been gone yeah. for. A- Jeez, a long time now. <laughs> so yeah, he that that's pretty much was in the deal and apparently Kevin Feige and um his team of people along with this these two Sony producers are basically gonna oversee the whole producing project project side of it. The the, the the way the deal from the way the deal sounds like it's gonna go from from what I read of it from the Marvel website is that Sony will have the final say on stuff. But Marvel have all the creative choices. So basically, the way to put it, so Marvel has to do all the heavy lifting, like make the film, produce the film, cast the film, and all that sort of stuff, and write the film, and all this sort of stuff. Why Sony just have to sign off on it, and have to market the film, and publish the film. And I think that's pretty much it. So it's just like their deal with Universal and the whole... Yeah, it's pretty similar to that um 
I think that's very, very close to it. But I think Marvel had to give them some of some of the merchandising rights. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because Spider Man still makes money, he, and, it, and it's kind of well, it, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of weird with Spider Man because Marvel still owns the rights to the character. That's why they can still use him in TV shows and and I mean, in cartoons and, and this is the weird know. thing about it. Originally, they owned the comic rights and. And the merchandising rights, but for a long time they didn't own any any of them. I think the only thing Spider-Man later they don't own anymore is the movie rights. I think they got all the other rights. All the it's weird. It's like I remember when Amazing Spider-Man came out, and they just got the toy rights back before Amazing Spider-Man came out. So you can imagine, you can imagine how pissed off Sony must have been that they went, okay, with well, the new Spider-Man film, but we can't market it with any toys. Or any merchandise. <laughs> so you can imagine how pissed they could have been on that. But, um, I digress on that. Um, I think the one thing that comes out of this, which a lot of people don't seem to realize, is that Sony um, benefits this from world because they, they get a share of the profit, Marvel get a share of the profit. And also, this really helps Marvel because. You, you, you and me had talked about this for a long time when it said, oh, imagine they can do this, imagine they can do this, but they couldn't because they didn't have, they didn't have rights for this, this. But with Spider-Man, one of the crown jewels within the Marvel comics, we can't argue about that, because Spider-Man links into a lot of different Marvel characters' lives and stuff like that. The floodgates have opened for Marvel now. They literally can do a lot of stuff they couldn't do now. Oh yeah, I mean they can finally use Norman Osborn, the King. Um, well, Kingpin tied up with Daredevil rights, but you can finally use Spider-Man with the Kingpin now. You can use Norman Osborn. You can do the. You can do so much now. You can use the Daily Bugle. You can reference stuff within other teams. Like um, I know, I know we talk. We're going to talk about this later, but with the whole thing with um, Luke Cage's girlfriend, Jesse. Uh, Jessica Jones. Jones, like she has history with Peter Parker because they used to go to high school with each other. So that's that's what I mean. There's there's so much you can do with the character, and also let's be honest, Spider Man has one of the biggest road, one of the biggest road galleries in comic books history, and one of the most well known road galleries. Well, the second most yeah. well known. Oh after yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, it's just like you, it's just like. Yeah, but no, you can't argue that Batman has the best rogue gallery. There's no doubt about that. He is the most known villains, but Spider-Man comes second. That's Marvel's biggest franchise with the most known villains. Yep. And you can do so much with that now. You can use Oscorp now. And we can finally get a Venom movie, hopefully. And also, Venom does go off in the space as well, so you've got a guy of the galaxy. You can easily put a symbiote reference in there somewhere. We can have Venom done right. We can have Carnage done right. Finally, Norman Osborn done right. You can <laughs> Doctor Oct. Well, well, be fair. I think that's the only good villain they managed to adapt to a reasonable extent in the mar- in the original Spider-Man films is Doctor Octopus. <laughs> and um, what was it? I'm trying to think of oh, San- I want to see Sandman done ju- done done justice. Yes. Fuck that bullshit in Spider-Man yeah. Three. If this is the curious question because they basically said this. This is uh, this is pretty much how they laid it out. Yeah, Spider-Man is first going to appear in a Marvel film, not his own film, but he's going to appear in a Marvel film first. 
And I think well, you we, got to put him in Civil War. Yeah, exactly. That's the obvious place you're going to put him. He's going to turn up in that film somewhere. And I think that this is the thing. This is the thing they should do. They should already establish that he's been Spider-Man at least. He's only just become Spider-Man. Like he's been doing it for like a few months. You know. Already. So I, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to see Uncle Ben die again. Come on. I don't want an origin story, please. No, no. For the love of God, no more. No more. I think Marvel's going to learn from that. And I think everyone knows the origin story for Spider-Man. Everyone knows what's it, who is Spider-Man, who's his secret identity, and his origins, and the whole, we're great power, come great responsibility. Everyone knows that. Even non-comic people know that about Spider-Man. And, you know... I think all it needs to be is, like, in Civil War, he he's already has to be Spider-Man, you know? Like, just have him there, just have him turn up, sort of thing, sort, sort of thing. All you need to do is just have the, just get an actor who's going to be Spider-Man in your films, have him there, like, taking photos for the day bugle, you hear the sound, of, you hear him talking to someone, then suddenly you hear cars go off, and you just see him run off, and then suddenly you just hear the sound of a web shooter going off, and that's it. You know? That's pretty much it. That's all that's all you need to do. Yeah, that's all you need to do. That's how you introduce Spider Man. And then not long after that, the year after Civil War and like twenty well, not the year after Civil War, but not long after that you've got Spider Man's own film and then in that film you can establish very, very easy that it's been Spider Man for at least a year or so, you know? And, and you know, just I I don't know. They they need to play their cards right? Cause... They they already like delayed their movies because of Spider Man. Well, so. they haven't delayed. They moved the dates back yeah. a little bit. Um, not they haven't moved the year. They only moved them back a few months to fit in Spider Man. Even Kevin Feige said this at the at the Marvel press conference. They said this. Someone said, "Will Spider Man ever be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe?" And this is what Kevin Feige said. I remember him saying this. He said, "Everything you've seen is not set in stone. Things can change." So I'm guessing he probably was referencing this. I think he knew back then that Spider-Man deal was in the works. Like, they were very, very close to getting him. But they didn't want oh, to Oh, yeah, anything. I mean, like how fucking Iron Man 2 was supposed to have a story, but then the studio got greedy and put in as much fucking Avengers references as possible, causing John Favreau to get pissed off and said he didn't want to direct the third one. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mark Webb got really... Yeah, oh... Yeah, it's, you know. It is what it is. Like, I don't know, it's, it's, like I said, I don't want to see another fucking origin story. I think that, 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 uh, we've seen, or we've seen the origin, we know who the fuck Peter Parker is, everybody knows this. And I think Just, with Spider-Man as well, like, he has such a big gallery of supporting characters, um, you know, supporting characters, um, villains, and so on, etc. I think you need to introduce quite a few characters in in the f- upcoming films, just not in his films, but also other films as well. You know, like and do it right. Yeah, for God's sake. It's like I think you should have Norman Osborn in the first Spider-Man film, but not the main villain. Like introduce Oscorp, you know. And if you want to do like they've done in some of the comics and also in the cartoon, you can make it like a public company, you know, like there's shares in it. So you could possibly have like 
other people within the Marvel Universe that be shareholders for, for Oscorp. For instance, you could easily make one of them the kingpin, Wilson Fisk, you know? And maybe we can... I know this is like a long shot, but you never know with Marvel. Yeah. But I, I really want to see Hobgoblin. That would be fucking awesome. Well, it's Marvel. You never know with them. That's the thing. They always pull something out, out, out from them, their sleeves. So it's like they've done a lot of stuff you wouldn't expect, but they they always pull something out. And I think with Spider-Man's first outing, if you want to keep it low-key, for like him not have a, like a tough villain, but uh, not not like a tough villain, but a villain nonetheless, you can use someone like Mysterio Shocker, you know? Oh, Mysterio is one that's been begging for his due for a while now. That's what I mean. Have him go up against Studio and Mysterio for his first time. Then, or if not, you want to up the ante. You want to give someone a bit more powerful. Try to use Vulture or Scorpion. You know, <laughs> those are, those are my pers- um, three favorite picks. I would like to see adapted on the screen adaptation to fight Spider-Man. You know, yeah. Because um, and you you can introduce like what I mean it's like you can introduce like bad guys like little minor bad guys um, sometimes but don't have them as the bad as the bad guys as we know them as of yet you know because there's so many characters within Spider Man you need to introduce you need to introduce like you need to introduce Aunt May you need to um, introduce MJ possibly maybe Gwen if they're going to go that route but you know um, we're going to have to introduce a lot of these characters you know and um, I think with Spider-Man, he's such a diverse character. He has been with so many of the different characters over the years um, of the Marvel characters in so many of the, of the comics. He's very flexible, you know? Whoever they're going to get to play Spider-Man, get, get him. He has to be young, but give him a huge multi-deal contract. Like, for multiple, multiple appearances. And I really hope that they don't go with the with the rumor I heard of him being in high school because I don't want to see that no. shit again. I think, Please, I think no. I think we should do have him out of high school, like just have him just leaving high school. You know, you know, yeah, he just graduated high school. Because that, that that you know everyone's favorite Spider Man is when he you know left high school and was an adult. Yeah. So that would mean like he can go to college, he can go and meet Gwen when that originally when he originally met Gwen, and he could be hair friends with Harry already. And you can have him as um, like basically you can introduce Norman Osborn, head of Oscorp and stuff. Like that. You can even have a cameo from Wilson Fisk if you're going to do the company as a public a public service company, like they got shareholders and stuff like that. And even if you want to build up like the Defenders or the street crime level characters. Why not have Spider-Man have a turn up in the Daredevil Netflix show or have a Netflix special with all the Netflix characters team up to take down Wilson Fisk, you know? Uh, this is what I mean. It's, it's, again, it's so many possibilities. That's the thing. It's just like, it's just, you don't know what's going to happen now. And you can have Spider-Man team up with all these different heroes or appear in, in like, I don't know, let's just say like uh, Iron Man or, you, you know, something like that, you know? Because like cool. I said, because yeah. I've already I've I've said this before, and like what I wanted to do, what I want to see more of in these movies is that they Marvel has already built a universe, and I would like to see them have more crossovers yeah. with with said characters. Yeah. I think we're going to see an Ant Man. We're going to see quite a few Ant Man references in the upcoming Age of Ultron thing. You know, you got Andy Serkis playing that Ant Man villain in that film. That's obviously it's going to be that guy. Yeah, <laughs> and 
and it obviously there it's obviously during the some of the teaser trailers they're showing the ant and the trailers in ant-man that there's obviously going to be flashbacks to the original ant-man so it looked like it's going to show off when he fought him when he was younger so you know Yeah, forgot about Ant Man. Uh, that's another. That's that's uh, that's the dark horse in this one. Yeah, that's the one that um, that you kind of need to, to succeed because. Yeah, this way I think Ultron. It, I think a lot of stuff is going to be happening with these different characters and these different things and stuff like that. I think Spider Man has opened the doors up for him for so many possibilities now down the line and. I think I think I think Spider Man at least Spider Man's going to get at least like three films and he's going to appear in the last two of uh, Avengers film. But you could you know this whole rumor's going around that the Benny um, Captain America's last film is going to be um, the um, two part uh, Avengers film, right? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, well, if that's true per se. I think what you need to do is like build up Spider-Man sort of thing. Have this sort of thing when, I don't know, like Spider-Man helps save Cap or something like that, and then suddenly look like Spider-Man's about to get, get, get killed by Thanos or something like that. Cap comes in and sort of like kind of sacrifices himself to save Spider-Man, you know? Because, uh, again, for those who haven't read the Infinity Gauntlet storyline... Cap plays a huge part in that, like towards the end where everyone's beaten and it's just him and Thanos, he just walks up to him and says, yeah, you're not going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I mean. I think that's what you can do. And, you know, it's like, it's very interesting that you can have all these characters now. And it's, I mean, it just changed so much in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because originally, when you look at it and if you're a comic fan, you thought, okay, they can't do that. They can't do this. They can't do that. And now they can do so much because they've got Spider-Man now. They could do the Thunderbolts if they want to. Still waiting for Zemo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he might he might be in Cap Three. You don't you don't know. <laughs> but now they need to wrap that Hydra shit up immediately because I don't know how the fuck they're going to wrap that up. <laughs> well, I think it either is going to get wrapped up in Angel Ultron or is going to get wrapped up in Captain America: Civil War. Because you you don't introduce uh, you don't introduce like uh, what was it Baron von Stroker like that and have him be a secondary character because no. he's a big player. Well, like I said, there's still a civil war film that's going to happen. I think a lot of people seem seem to forget that uh, seem to forget that Captain America is going to have a villain, and I think it might be Baron von Stroker with Zemo. Then if that's the case, yeah, because <laughs> we've seen them do Skull, we've seen them do Stroker, now it's time for Zemo. Yeah, this one. And again, even Winter Soldier, you know, so you've pretty much done all Cap- Captain America villains if up to the third film now, you know? Yeah. Peter, you even got the um, television face guy, you know? what's Oh, name? yeah, <laughs> Zola. Yeah, you even got Zola, so, you know, <laughs> I think there's really no other villains you can do from Captain America apart from... You, even though you can't, you can't even use him. Is um, arcade, and that's it. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to see them do Modok. <laughs> Modok, yeah, Modok is a weird one. I, I, I don't know how you do him. Even in the film adaptation, he's a very weird one. I mean, yeah, I know he's more of a joke character these days, but come on, I'd love to see him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. But again, yeah, knowing Marvel, they always pull something out their sleeves so you don't know with them um 
I mean, I'm kind of disappointed that Black Panther's date got, um, you know, well, changed. Well, this is what I mean. It's just like the years have not been changed; they've just been pushed back a date. You, yeah, you, you, yeah. Really, you do realize in 2017 we're going to get we're going to get three Marvel films. Yeah, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy two, Spider Man, and Full Ragnarok. <laughs> My God. <laughs> 2017 from comic book news is going to be through the roof. Oh, 20, just wait 2016 when that's that's when shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. Oh my. Um. It's going to be interesting. This is what I mean. It's just like it's one of these possibilities that Marvel's done so well for themselves, but everyone keeps saying, "Oh, they keep making good films." There's still a possibility they might fuck up at some point. Oh, uh, Ant Man. Oh, gee, the Comic Con panel. I think that was the only one I can think of that was had negative. A negative crowd reaction for I think that all of them. Yeah, I think it didn't help with you know um, the whole Edgar, the Edgar right. Yeah, yeah, that hasn't helped. But I think some people. It's, again, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Edgar. Right, I like his work and everything like that. I, I support him, but you know, it, at the end of the day, he left because of creative decisions, and you know, it happens unfortunately, but. Um, but I think people need to give this film a chance to stand of its own merit, you know? Because this, if all the Marvel movies that had something to prove, this one's it. Yeah. Like, this one is the one that needs to prove itself. Just like, just like Guardians. Yeah, Guardians. Because with Guardians, I, I went into it with like, ah, oh, you know, this looks okay, but I went, but, uh, you know, I, I really liked it. Yeah. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it really did change the tone. And I just want to mean, the thing I like about um, Guardians was that it's obvious what the tone they were setting for the lead up to Age of Ultron, but it was actually kind of nice that you got like a fun, good feel film just before the whole final climax with um, Age of Ultron, you know? At least they gave us something different. Yeah, that would mean. And, yeah. And I think I think Marvel need to do that. They need to, they need to make a film that's saying, "Look, this is completely different in tone," you know. So here you go. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was like one of the better ones. I think it is one of my favorite Marvel movies. I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't rank it like a nine out of ten, but it's really good mm-hmm. for what it is. Yeah. Um. But again, going back to Spider Man. Um. Yeah, I'm 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 been rereading the Spider Man stuff and it's been it's been good, but um uh, and with uh with now that Marvel owns the rights to Spider Man again, you can bet your ass they're gonna do like more Spider Man comics. Oh yeah, there's the one they've been pushing Spider Man in the comic line for some time, so I'm guessing I think the people in the comic side didn't know about the Marvel deal, but I think they had some theories and some thoughts that if Marvel, if the higher Marvel tone to push Spider-Man this much in the comics at the moment, I think they kind of knew something was up, you know? Because Spider-Verse was like written as like the be-all, end-all of Spider-Man stories, like, just in case we don't get the film rights back, this is as close as we're going to get to do something epic with Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, that would mean Doja Death Freak. Yeah. And you know... Yeah, it just, it's just one of these things. It's just that... You just go in to know that it's going to go somewhere, but 
because they got rid of the Fantastic Four. Let's be blunt about that. Oh, they're not. Reed Richards is the only one who is um, who is even relevant in the comics now. Which one? And... <laughs> well, um, he's in Avengers. Uh, he's in the, one of the Avengers titles. Last I checked. Yeah, and like the Fantastic Four were basically broken apart, and didn't they depower? Um, Johnny, the Human Torch, like he no longer has his powers. Last time I checked, I think he does, but like they've been—he's been on and off. Like their their title has been cancelled, and they're reduced to making cameo appearances in other books. Yeah, and and the X Men have pretty much been was it dissembled in so many factions now because apparently there's a good X-Men group, there's a bad man X-Men group, Wolverine. Oh, like one, of, one, one of the things that shocked me about the X-Men thing is like uh, one of the X-Men runs is ending and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. well, it's kind of weird. Well, it's funny that they're pretty much been trying to tie all loose ends with, um, well, you know, with Fox's productions of Marvel-related Marvel stuff, you know? I don't blame them for that. You know, but still at the same time, if the Fantastic Four comics are not selling, why should you make the Fantastic Four comics, you know? Yeah, I mean, I understand. I mean, I'm, you know, I didn't really read the recent run, and quite frankly, Fantastic Four comics have always sold like shit, so. And it doesn't help with the Fantastic Four. Like, I know um, which one was it? The ultimate one. It's like, didn't that end really badly with, like, Sue Storm, like, in basically impregnating herself with Reed Richard, so and he basically raped him in some sort of way by ejaculating the seam or something really bad. I know in the ultimate one Reed went turned evil for whatever fucking reason. Well this one mean he turned evil. He went to the six one six universe, learned yeah. about everything with her, he turned good, came back and told Sue that oh they need to have a child to save their universe. Sue refused to have sex with this version of Reed Richard or how much of a horrible bastard he's been. Then he basically strapped, strapped him down and basically got his semen out from him so she can impregnate herself with their child. Jesus. You didn't know about this? No. Seriously, Jesus look it up. No, seriously, Christ. look on Google. Look, look at it. It's horrible. <laughs> it's bad. Jesus. She fucking raped him. Yeah, you, you didn't know that. My God. <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh you, you, my you, god! You, you told me that you were reading the Ultimate Fantastic Four run, and that's pretty much no, how it ended. I, like I stopped like halfway through because oh. I got bored with it. I it didn't bad. know it ended like this bad. Jesus! Yeah, yeah, it ended pretty badly. That's pretty much how they ended it. Almost. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, it happened. <laughs> yep. Strapped him down and jerked him off yep. for yep. semen. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much how it went. <laughs> Jesus, and I thought Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe was disturbing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's what I mean. It's just like Marvel wants nothing to do with the Fantastic with the Fantastic Four right now, or the X Men. You know, 
Yeah, un- but they're but their X Men. The X Men stuff is like really decent. Like it's yeah. not. Oh yeah. Well, this is what I mean. If you notice, with the X Men stuff, they haven't kept them together as a team. As you know, as the X Men, they they separate. Yeah, yeah. Them. Separate titles and whatever, but yeah. still, you know, it still sells. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I mean. It's just like they they separate all of them. That's the best way to put it. Like they separate them into different entities. You know, not as a team. Like. When you look for X-Men titles, sure, there probably is one X-Men comic or two more X-Men comic in there, but the individual comic, like there's the Wolverine stuff, there's the Magneto stuff, um, there's the Deadpool oh, stuff. Magneto. Oh, the Magneto stuff is, oh, that's really good. Yeah, I've been, I've heard, I've heard good things about Magneto's oh, comic run. Oh, jeez, it's amazing. Isn't he amazing. like an anti-hero of some sorts now? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Really good stuff. That's what I mean, it's like they keep them all separated, that's the thing, so... If they don't want to keep them all together, and they got rid of their biggest name in the X Men franchise, that's Wolverine. So you know, eh. getting rid of Deadpool because he's going to be dying at the end of April. So, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, because they got they got a Deadpool film coming out. So no Marvel, they're probably going to be like, no, 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 he, he can't be around. Get rid of him. <laughs> don't worry, you'll see him come back once that movie comes out next year. Yeah. Well, again, again, if you looked at the, how the whole Amazing Spider-Man thing is, when before the Amazing Spider-Man two came out, at the time there was no Peter Parker as Spider-Man at the, at that time. Yeah. <laughs> it was Doc Ock as Spider-Man, and then the other one was Miles Morales. So you know that was a very strange time with comic books. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, yeah. I think that's enough Marvel talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we yeah, rampled on. Moving on, we've moving on to more stupider news. Apparently, we already talked about this, but apparently there are some people who are pissed off at Scarlett Johansson for being cast as as what's her face from Ghost in the Shell and they've uh, like what was it a petition or something yeah they done a fan petition basically requesting that she oh, should geez. not be um, the main character from Ghost in the Show and it is literally they're sending this to DreamWork a fan petition to DreamWork to replace um, ScarJo um, ScarJo's um, being played by um, ScarJo Hansen <laughs> it is pitiful it is literally oh my god it it's pretty sad you know i i know that you can't please all the fans i know that i know that you're going to get backlash from fans for the smallest thing but at the end of the day it's it's a movie based on anime for fuck's sake yeah it's, it's, and here's the thing, it's like, oh, you know, she's not Asian, blah, 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 you know, that that woman in Ghost in the Shell is an Asian, she's just a, she's just a drawing, if you want to be, like, really specific, she doesn't exist, she's a fictional character that someone, someone made up, it's not like they're getting Scarlett Johansson to play, like, a different ethnicity for someone who actually lived you know? Yeah. Just 
This kind of shit just makes me this, this kind of shit just pisses me the fuck off to be quite honest. Have you actually read read the petition? Yeah, it's it's, it's oh god, it's so stupid. It's like from the petition. The original film is set in Japan and the main majority cast members are Japanese. So why would the American remake star a white actress? The industry is already unfairly to Asian actors without roles in major films being changed to ex- exclude them. One recent survey found that in 2013, Asian characters made up only 44% of speaking roles in top-grossing Hollywood films. Um, DreamWorks could be using this film to help prove the opportunity of Asian oh. actors in the market with a few opportunities for them to shine. Please sign the petition asking them to reconsider casting Scott Johansson in Ghost in the Shell and select actors who are in turn to be cast in the original film. Oh boy. And then there's like Yeah, yeah. Oh oh my god. The Western the Western Hollywood is is low on Asian actors. Hey, can you believe that? <laughs> have they actually looked at the Eastern market um, for yeah. Japan films and stuff like that? They, they treat their actors horribly out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, okay, they've done their homework. Like, okay, they found out that only 44% of speaking roles is, like, of Asian characters. Okay, it's like, they've done their homework. I give them credit for that. But still at the same time, it's just, you better be an android anyway, not a human being. And again, it's it's not it's it just goes back to my argument of you're you're comparing the Asian market to the Western market. They only oh my god, it's, it it really does annoy me when when I see stuff like this because they don't look at uh, have there any people watched world cinema stuff from Asian from Japan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. If like, if you want to support that industry, go and buy their films. Go and buy the DVDs for their films and stuff like that. I mean, support Criterion. Criterion is the one that imports these films yeah. for a wider audience. It's like you know, that's what I mean. It's just like, I yeah, I get it. You know, I I truly do get it. Like, there's there's a big market difference between Asian films and um, Western films and stuff like that with Hollywood and all this sort of stuff. But you know. At the end of the day, it's just going to be it's going to be adaptation of a comic book film, you know, because manga is essentially a comic book. At the end of the day, it, there's, there's there's really no difference. Manga, comic book, it's the same thing, you know. Yeah. Like I didn't see no one being hissy fit when Samuel Jackson was cast as Nick Fury. <laughs> I, I I know in the comics that in the Ultimate Universe portrayed by a black guy, but no one got arsy about that. I'm just saying. And they getting pissy about this. Okay, what about what, what's his face? Uh, Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. When Andrew Garfield's like, what is he? English. Yeah, he's English. Yeah, he's not a man. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, well, to be fair, Andrew Garfield got the best deal out doing those Spider Man. We be saying he ended up with Emma Stone. <laughs> so he fell off then, and all of us all put together, he ended up going out with Emma Stone. And it's while we're serious. being nit, while we're being nitpicky, like fucking Christian Stewart, uh, isn't uh, what's a 
what's her face? Kristen, I don't remember her fucking name from the first Spider-Man movie. Isn't a natural redhead. No. So there you go. <laughs> not Christian Stewart was a natural redhead. Um, Emma Stone. It's like, oh my, it, it's really, really stupid with with some of this. Like stuff. if we're gonna be, if we're gonna nitpick shit, oh boy, <laughs> we're gonna nitpick shit. And, I mean, if we're gonna nitpick shit. I mean, Chris Evans is a Buddhist, so how can he be play Captain America and Captain America's Christian and he's a Buddhist? So. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's just literally the minor stuff. It's like, just because someone's appearance doesn't mean that it's going to be... Uh, it, it, it's stuff like this that really, really does get under my skin, and it's it just really, really... You, you know, you just have to get over it, you know? It's... Like I said, it's like, it's Scarlett Johansson. There is a reason why they cast her in this fucking movie. I, I think she's one of those top-earning female actresses in yeah. Hollywood at the moment. And yeah. And let's be honest, like, she's done a lot of action films, she's been in so many films, and a lot of stuff she's been in made money, you know? Yeah, it's it's not like they picked a random fucking white actress out of nowhere and said, oh, this, is the, this is the lead role in Ghost in the Shell. No, it's Scarlett Johansson, because she's a big name, and she's going to bring in more people to the to the theater. Yeah, and it's... You know what I mean? I can, yeah, go on. It's simple fucking marketing. I don't understand why marketing seems foreign to these people. Yeah. Like, they don't understand the concept of that. Yeah, and what, what people are going to get pissed about? They're going to get pissed about... Um, I can understand if it's going to be a little bit of piss sake. If she's the only white character and all the rest of the characters are Asian, that will be like... <laughs> oh, be, God. You piss everyone off, you can do that. But DreamWorks knows better than not to do that, you know? So... Again, I'm not I'm I'm not disappointed by the casting choice. I think it's a good casting choice, and again, there's, there's some good. Rec- I will give them credit. There are some good recommendations of act of of Asian American actresses that can do it. You know, but again, there's a reason behind it. There's a reason with the marketing team. There's a reason with casting. There's a reason with with the director. You know. It's it's just it's just it's just gonna work at the moment and it is not gonna change, you know. And that's why, like, that's why even when you look at the biggest Hollywood blockbusters, that's why they get the biggest name actors to be in these movies. Yeah. And there's the other form as well. They talk about like the percentage of um, top American Amer- Asian American actors and actresses this this my only question um can anyone name any top american um asian america or asian actors of top well asian american actors in the last new newcomers in the last 10 years the only ones that are at the top of my head are jackie chan jet lee and lucy Liu. yep and they all made their careers during the 90s and the um well 80s 90s and early noughties yep they had they were mean if you it, it, it's it's literally, you know, it's like, and you've got some other, like, you've got Jet Li as another one, you know, you you got... Oh, I mean, yeah, there's the Will Young, he, Will Young Lee, I mean, he's got, you know, he did G.I. Joe, a Storm Shadow, but, you know, come on. Yeah, but it's not a bad market, but again, it's, yeah, there could be more, more... Asian American actors or actresses in the limelight, you know, but it's just one of these. It's a it's a marketing thing, you know. It's just uh, I I I think people just are just 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 finding just trying to find an argument, you know. 
It's it's sort of like getting it's sort of like when people got pissy when they thought what's his face was going to be the Shredder in the new TMNT movie. Oh god, yeah. oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the guy turned out to just be the evil corporate suit guy. Yeah, and I, and I made the argument. Well, if he is the Shredder, then why have how? And I and I and I said this. Like I said this to people. If you're pissed off at him for being the Shredder. Then why aren't you pissed off at all the voice actors who voiced Shredder in the past? Yeah, because none of them are Asian. Or, 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 or here, here's my, here's my saying for it as well. Did you knew? Did you know the Shredder was an alien at one point? <laughs> Supposed to be Japanese. <laughs> so that's that's what I told people. I, I told him, hey, wait, wait, wait. Shredder was was an alien. I went, yeah, he was in one of the cartoons. He was an yep, Ultron. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Like, it's, it's, like I said, it, like you said, it, I agree with you 100%. Like, they just, people wanted a reason to fucking complain. <laughs> and if you, and if you're that bothered by the movie, don't fucking go see it. That, that's, it's that simple. No, yeah. DreamWorks isn't like paying you to go see this movie. Just don't go see it. We're, you already got like t- tons of Marvel movies to see, to see. So, you know, I don't know. Again, it's always fine with Hollywood petitions. Yes, they do work in some cases, you know. They do work in most ca- in some cases, but the large majority of the time, they don't work. If you really want a studio to listen to you, you don't go see don't the go film. See it. Don't go see yeah. the film. Don't go see their movies. Again, it's like with WWE. Um, I, I, know, I know it's not the best example, but WWE, it's like, People didn't like Roman Reigns win, winning the Royal Rumble. What did the people do? They cancelled their, their description to WWE Network, the show WWE. They, they were not happy with the product. So, don't 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 support the product. That's plain and simple. Don't go... It's like People, people said, oh, I'm going to see the film, but I'm not going to like it. Well, if you know you're not going to like it, and you don't want to see it, don't go see the film. It's like all those people who bitched about TMNT and Michael Bay, and then, oh, look, day one, it grossed a shit ton of money. Yeah. Gee, I wonder who saw it on opening fucking weekend. Yeah. It, it's, Even if you go to see the movie just to complain about it, you still want to see the fucking movie. Yeah. And you're so, and again, with all the people who don't like the Transformers film, so it's like, oh, I don't like the Transformers film. I wish they can reboot it and make a new one, but I still go and see the film and help it be the, the largest aggressive film of all time. The the third and fourth one of the highest gross films of all time. Keep that in mind. Even the fourth one, everyone was like, oh, another Transformers movie, uh, but it's gonna suck, this is gonna suck, and then it made a shit ton of money. It made it got panned. It, made it got panned in the reviews and everyone complained, but I'm like, Yeah, you're complaining, but you still want to see the fucking movie. You do realize the fourth one made over one billion, right? Yeah. I mean, I still haven't seen the fourth one. That's probably the best one, actually. <laughs> I know, that's what I've been told. And then I'm like, I, I personally, with me, with Michael Bay, I'm not a big fan of his work. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't want to see the film. Why not? Um, because I don't want to support his films, you know, personally. Sure, I did see TMNT, which is a film that he helped produce and, and his studio made. But, you know, I don't. That was okay. That was okay. <laughs> that, wasn't as bad as, that wasn't as bad as people thought it was going to yeah. be. And I still think to myself, well, it wasn't directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> That's the way I look at it, you know? I, again, it's. It's one of those problems where. The problem. This is my problem with fans is like, they, they don't like a product, but they're going to end up unintentionally, unintentionally supporting it anyway. 
like with New 52. Like, everyone pissed and moaned about New 52 when it happened, but, oh, look, Batman is, like, the highest-grossing fucking comic of that of that um, series. Yeah. So, so you tell me. Very, very true. You know, you can get piss, pissy at, at, at everything you want, but at the end of the day, it's still going to make its money back. Very, very true. I'm I'm done talking about this because it's fucking pissing me off. Oh, speaking of something to piss you off, um, guess what TV <laughs> show finally ended its run? Oh, please don't tell me it's Constantine. No, Two and a Half Men finally ended. Ah, yes, finally. Fuck that but, show. Oh, but what? I, I see the final, and my god, it was a train wreck. Oh, what happened? What, what happened? Okay, okay. Keep For anyone's listening, this is the first time I've been telling an adult anything about this. So, we, we haven't talked about this in advance. Um, basically, it starts off with... You remember the character Rose, the, the stalky girlfriend? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> you see her. You see her in the kitchen, basically, singing to herself. And you see her, like, pouring some vodka in, like, a glass. Um, in some sort of glass. And then some, like, uh, some tuna sandwich or something like that, and you thought, what on earth is going on? Then you see her go down in the basement. There's a pit. Oh, no, don't tell they, me. They put the food down there, and then you see the bowling shirt and the shorts, and she throws them down there saying, well, if you don't, sh- if you don't, eat, your, if you don't eat your food, I'm not going to clean you and give you your clothes. And I thought, oh, my God, there's Charlie down in the pit. Is it? Did Charlie Sheen come back? No. No, that's the most insulting thing. <laughs> it gets worse. It gets a lot worse. So basically, you see, like with Alan and Walter, they're basically just fucking around in like the house as per usual, and they're talking, blah blah blah. And um, basically, a check turns up, a royalty check turns up for Char- Charlie, and um, it for like two and a half million dollars. Get it? Two and a half million. Oh, Jesus, fucking Laurie. <laughs> so they're like, okay, yeah, two and a half million, this is going to be good, blah, 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 two and a half million, we're going to be rich, sort of thing. And Alan, try- Alan tries to claim it, and he's basically like half the episode, he's going around trying to find Charlie's death certificate, well, a bit of the episode dedicated to him trying to go, go around trying to find his death certificate to prove that he was dead. Oh, my God, didn't they wrap this shit up during the funeral? No, nope, no, no, and no. Um, so he's going around and then random stuff starts happening. Like, for example, a package turned up with like a, um, cigars, Charlie's favorite liquor, a bowling shirt, and then like a stabbing knife, which I don't even remember that being a joke in the show originally, you know? Because now, only now did he, does he get the packages after fucking... (laughs) How many years since his brother died? So yeah, he, he got these packages that being sent to the house and everything like that, and you have no idea, no idea and stuff like that. And then suddenly he tried to go to his mom, and then he goes, then he gets a threatening. Then Alan get a threatening text message, basically saying that you're an idiot. I'm going to come back and fucking kill you. From from Charlie Sheen's character, from from Charlie, and he tells Walter about it. And this is where the Walter makes a joke when he says, "I don't even know why I'm here." Wow. To sum it up, half the episode is bashing Charlie Sheen, and then the other half is meta jokes, meta slash breaking the fourth wall jokes, and rubbing Chuck Larry's ego. 
<laughs> it gets it gets worse. It gets a lot worse. Oh God. Um, for instance, Arnold Schwarzenegger makes a cameo in this episode. Oh, Arnold, why? As lieutenant of a police, he basically he's he's a lieutenant of like a police station sort of thing. They go to speak him like he's like a lieutenant detective sort of thing. Oh, let me guess. There's an I'll be back joke. Yeah, but he doesn't make that. He basically... Oh, thank fuck. (laughs) So, um... He doesn't make the joke. And they basically tell Arnie everything that's been happened. And he... Arnie then sums up the last 12 years of Two and a Half Men back to him. Saying that you've been leeching... This is what he said. So you've been leeching... Living at a beach condo for this many years. Yes. And you've been living rent free, and, and and they said, "How? Why is he? Why don't you pick this message from my brother Charlie?" And he went, "Well, for the sound of things, from just just you telling me your life story, you're a cheapskate. Why would you pay for anything?" And then you get cameos of all Allen's exes and stuff like that, and basically saying that you're the love of my life, and all of them like giving their funny remark and response. Um, then you get all of Walter's in love interests that they messaging that he messaged them saying that he's saying his goodbye to him like Charlie Charlie Sheen's basically threatening to come back and kill him and stuff like that. So that's all happened. Then everyone's together like the cleaning lady, um, their mom, um, Charlie Charlie Allen's mom, and then Walter basically are in the room. They're trying to figure out what on earth is going on. And then Rose comes out of nowhere. Then we go into a CGI Looney Tunes cartoon. Are you shitting me? No, seriously. If you want to have a look at the images, go on Google. You can find them for yourself. Um, <laughs> there's like, when she retells the story, it's like in a CGI thing. Charlie's not voiced at all. And you find out what actually happened in France. Is that the body, a body did get, a body did splatter. But it was apparently what happened. The reason why Rose got so angry with him and locked him up in a basement was because she caught him having sex with the female wait the cleaning lady and a goat. Wow! They actually, um, the character of Walter actually stopped Rose telling the story, and it cuts back to them in the in, in the beach house, but them all still in CGI characters. And then to end it off as well, Rose basically retelled the story of Charlie escaping from her dungeon basement. And um, when it does escape from her dungeon basement, you see the CGI Charlie climbing out of the pit with all the bowling shirts and stuff like that. And yeah, Porky Pig comes onto the screen dressed up in um, lingerie saying, that's all, folks. And then they just cuts to the Warner Brothers logo. Wow. So then... The cleaning lady go back, back, back to doing the whatever she was doing. Disappears. The mother and Rose both leg it because they realise that Charlie's going to come back and fucking kill, kill them. Because <laughs> Charlie said he's come back, and he's going to kill Rose, he's going to kill his mother, he's going to kill Alan, he's going to kill Walter. And then Walter's like thinking to himself, why on earth he wants to kill me? And he went, well, let's be. Honest. And he said, well, I told him everything about you, and he pretty much thinks you're an idiot. So I think that's the reason why he wants to kill you. And he. And also, he's mad at you, Alan. He said, why is that? Well, he wasn't realising that you, you were more of a supporting character. He didn't realise you actually were going to become a main character. And I thought, oh, my God, Chuck Larry, you bastard. For and even there was a joke when they said that, oh, 
Charlie's coming back. He went and doing the cleaning lady says says to Alan, Alan, if you go and Walt and Charlie stay, we can keep this running for another five years. I haven't got I haven't got to the final bit yet, the final two bits. So the near the episode about the wrap up. So they come back to the house after going out from the police scene. I know I'm jumping around here a lot, but they come back in and the cardboard cutouts of um, Alan and um, Alan and um, Walt with big targets uh, crosses on their eyes and being hanged, you know, by the hangman rope. Yeah, I'm looking at the image right now. Jesus Christ! And Jake comes back. <laughs> they managed okay so okay I want to recap this they got the woman they got Arnold Schwarzenegger but they couldn't get Charlie Sheen yeah and they got the person to play Alan's son to come back for one episode considering how much he despised the episode he despised the show and he said he'd never want to come back to it they broke the 4-4 when they looked directly at the camera when he said oh I married a um, Japanese prostitute he went was it actually Japanese or oriental no actually Japanese and he looked towards the camera and I thought oh my god that's referencing Charlie Sheen with the Japanese hooker I thought oh my god are you fucking kidding me and <laughs> so they thought okay yep they, he's gone and because it was Charlie did because Charlie claimed the money and he started giving money out to all his exes and everyone he loved everyone he liked and you see all the different main girlfriends that he had and like his daughter they introduced in the show back of two years ago, I want to say. And even Jake got money as well, you know? And, and it, you know, it just, it just all went weird. It went very, very weird towards the end. And then they finally thought they caught, they caught, um, Charlie. Turned out to be actually Kutcher, I believe. Dressed up in the exact same attire, saying that, I was put there and there was a dead hook and it's like all this weird stuff. And then the final, Arnie's final line to him when he said, what, you don't believe who I am? He went, yeah, and I, I'm the governor of California. Oh, Jesus. So you think it's all over. Charlie's in jail and everything like that. And you think, okay, that's, that's all nice, but he's still going to come back. You then the final sequence of when basically it's when Walter, Alan and the, that cleaning lady are outside on the deck smoking Charlie's bags and drinking his whisk, um, his shandy. And it's only you see a helicopter come out from the sky carrying a grand piano. And you'll think to yourself, oh, God, what's going to happen here? So you think, at this point, you might think that, okay, he might, Charlie Sheen might turn up at the very end. Oh, I forgot to mention as well, when they're talking to the police chief, they did. He did ask him. Oh, did he ever try anger management? And they used the joke. Went. Oh, he went to anger management, but that didn't work out in the end. Wow. I just want to make that. I just want to quickly say that. Um. So yeah. He uh, basically the grand piano come along. Then you see like you you see the bottom part of Charlie Sheen's shoes going up to his bowling panty, walking across to the front door. You thought, oh god, that's Charlie Sheen. Then you realise it, it's a stand-in. And then, you remember I told you about that grand piano? Yeah, I'm looking at the final gift. Jesus Christ. They drop the grand piano on the stand in Charlie Sheen. And then it zooms out. So you can see that it's a set. Then you see Chuck Larry standing on the, di- sitting on the director's chair. They drop a grand, grand piano on him when he said winning. Yep, that's the ending of Two and a Half Men. <laughs> It's like Chuck Lorre 
knew he, he he had a fucking piece of shit show on his hand, and he's like, fuck it. I don't care. I can do whatever I want. And he did, and, you know, he um broke the fourth wall. He basically bluntly said, yeah, this is a show. And he said beforehand he wanted to pay homage to Two and a Half Men. He basically wanted to make the new fans and the old ha- the old fans happy of the original show before Chai Sheen left and after when Chai Sheen left. And, you know, no, it didn't, didn't work out that way. It literally was... Literally... It was just basically, from, from what you're telling me, like, this just looks like him just giving the middle finger to everyone saying, fuck you forever, you know, fuck Charlie Sheen for abandoning me and fuck everyone who talked shit about me. It literally, it just, it just literally just was him bashing it's just literally him just bashing and um, bashing and um, bashing Charlie Sheen. The whole show was just, the whole show was about break the 4-4 humor, meta humor, and just bashing Charlie Sheen. And, and also even stroking Chuck Larry's ego. Wow. I've never seen a worse ending. It's like, I, I've read, I've, I've been on the Two and a Half Men Facebook page and, People were out. People were fuming about this ending. It's like I even seen comments saying that this is even worse than the Dexter's ending. Yeah, I'll say this right now. I was kind of pissed with the with the How I Met Your Mother finale a year ago, yeah. but this fucking beats it. Oh yeah, this, pe- yeah, this... pe- yeah. People even said that in the comments. Said even How You Met Your Mother had a better ending. Jesus. People are not happy with this ending. People were <laughs> outright pissed. My God, you know, and it's just like you could even Charlie Sheen said he wanted to come back and do the final. You know, he would have done it if you would have fucking paid him because he's washed up. Yeah, he... you pay him anything, he'll do it. He doesn't have a show anymore. Anger management got canceled. You would have, he would have done it for like fucking. 50 mil or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It just... Uh, it. That's what I mean. They could have easily, easily got him back. And he even, he even said so himself. He said he wants to come back. He wants to come back and, you know, he wants he wants to do the final and they could have easily got back. The only thing with the script is that um, um, when... This is what I mean. This, there's some funny jokes, like the meta-human jokes some, in some places actually work. And I think to myself, this could have worked, but it didn't because you didn't have Charlie Sheen. I mean, you didn't have Charlie Sheen. You were just breaking the fourth wall for the sake of it. And again, Two and a Half Men has always been one of those fucking shitty situation comedies where... Yeah, they would have episodes where it was all a dream at the end, but they would at least tell you it was all a dream. Yeah. Here it's like, fuck it, we don't care. We know it's a show. There you go. And it's literally one of the worst, worst endings I've ever seen for a show. I really cannot think how you can top this. Is that me? I, I, to me, I like Two and a Half Men. I used, I used to watch it back when it was uh, on and I'd stop watching it when um, Astro Kutcher came into it I watched a few episodes when Astro Kutcher came into it but afterwards I, I, I was just like um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm done. And especially after hearing the final, I'm like, I'm actually kind of glad I didn't support it supported the show after when Charlie Sheen left. Yeah, because, like, again, with, with Sheen, it was always, like, you know, again, I'm not going to mince words here. The dude's a fucking dickbag, but oh, yeah. he is. he's an entertaining dickbag. <laughs> yeah. And he was the only thing that kept that show going, like, to be quite honest. He was the only reason anybody fucking bothered watching that show because he was washed up back then when he was doing Two and a Half Men when it first started. So, again, if they had just settled the the payment thing, yeah, he would have come back for the finale. And again, it's just like, I know Chuck Larry got upset with him over some stuff for the pronunciation of his name and all this sort of stuff, but, you know, get over it. And it's been like... He left and he got fired in 2011, for God's sakes. So you're telling me that after all these, that since, you know, 2011, Laurie didn't even fucking try to, to, to patch things up with him? Yeah. It blows my fucking mind. That's why I just dislike Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Laurie because he, he's just one of those writers who just does not give a shit. He, he he just he's just one of those guys who just does situational comedy and acts like you know it's the best thing ever. And you know, lo and behold, there's an entire episode dedicated to stroking his own ego. Yeah, and you know what's brilliant about it? Um, Charlie Sheen did comment about this in some sort of way. Know what on Twitter? Yeah, he did, he said he said something on Twitter, but. It wasn't what you expected. What? What did he say? Uh, he pretty much said, if you want to see a cameo, this is what you need. You click on the link and it's literally just a picture of a Goldenberg's um, bottle of the drink that <laughs> you always used to drink on the show and that's it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think he's not taking it too hard, but I think still at the same time. I can imagine he's probably just thinking to himself, went, yeah, you're probably just pissed off. Everyone who liked that show. <laughs> um, even like when they did the funeral episode, where again the funeral episode was just them taking the piss out of Sheen and and his catchphrase and his whole meltdown that he had back in um, twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah. Four years ago, now. Even even then, like he wasn't pissed off at them. Even then. He, he, yeah, like he, 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 I listened to interviews with him back then, and he he had his meltdown and all that shit, but he never really talked shit about anyone from the show, from from my understanding. So, again, that would mean shit but he, could have, yeah, mm. the shit this shit could have been could have uh, been solved. Yeah. But, but well, no. you know. It, it happened, unfortunately, and the show's ended, and nothing else can be done. That is kind. Of, that kind of seems to be the thing of sitcoms now, isn't it? Where a, sh- a show um, builds up a fan base, it, it gets on for like a couple of years, and then, boom, the ending is always shitty. <laughs> yeah, well, starting to notice a trend say... with that. I think the only good comedy sitcom that ended well, I think, was um, Friends. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think that's the only one I can think of that ended well. Even like, what was it like Cheers? Fraser didn't end well for a sitcom sort of thing, you know. And and this is this is the thing that annoys me about Big Bang. Um, the annoy me about Turn Off End. It didn't wrap up anything. Yep. Uh, this is what I mean. I'm so I, I'm just sitting here thinking to myself. Well, this is how Two and a Half Men ended. I wonder how Big Bang Big Bang Theory is going to end now. Oh, it's just going to be. That is another Chuck oh, Larry show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just going to be Laurie stroking his ego some more, and then more meta jokes, and then more fucking nerd references thrown in there, and yada yada yada. Yeah. Oh, you know it. It's going to be weird how. She is um, how how Chuck Larry's other show is going to end because he's still he's still working with Michael Molly he's still doing Big Bang Theory so there's a lot of different products he's still got his name tied to and I think there's even like a few two new ones with his name tied to as well so you know you're just going out. I mean, I, know, I mean, here's the thing: like, I know Two and a Half Men hasn't been doing well since Sheen left, and it's been struggling ever since. I know. I know the network had been desperately trying to, to to figure out something to keep the show going. That's why they got Ashton Kutcher to, to, to as a replacement. But Jesus Christ, I didn't think it would have been this bad. I, I really don't nope. think that it would have been like this horrible that they had to that they had to end it like this. <laughs> yeah. This is something else, man. <laughs> this is wow. <laughs> Told it was bad. I didn't even watch this. I, I didn't even. I didn't even know about this because I don't even keep up with this fucking show. But I'm glad you told me about this because, oh my my god, this is something else. This is yeah. wow. <laughs> this is what I mean. It's like I think the only big product Chuck. Chuck Larry's still working on or still behind his Big Bang Theory so um, I want I want one of the actors to go off the rail against Chuck Larry and see what happened in the final now ever since they one of the characters one of their characters left you know oh what was it um I know what was it I, I know they demanded like bigger I don't, I don't think the actors demanded but they got paid a lot more than any other sitcom people get paid to do the show? So oh, I'm kind of wondering if that's going to... I know the people from Big Bang Theory are pretty much getting paid the same rate now as the as the um, actors and actresses from um, Friends now, pretty much, in their final season. Oh, wow, really? I think they're getting paid like a million per episode now or something like that. <laughs> really? Yeah, so, you know, if the show does well and get ratings and you get more seasons, you're going to have to start paying your actors more. Oh, wow, Big Bang Theory is like 10 seasons. Jeez. Yeah, what I mean, so... And that's, well, 8 seasons, so... That's not going to end any time soon. Uh, it's just been renewed for like a ninth and 10th season, so... Jeez. Yeah. I just want to see one of the actors go off the rails against Chuck Larry and see and basically just completely like completely pissed off that 
completely piss on that actor's career afterwards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but they're not like Sheen. I mean, Sheen, again, is, like I said, is a complete dickbag, so, you know. Well, could, well, let's be honest. Charlie Sheen went completely off the rails. Yeah. And I don't the really see. Bluntly, he went off the rest. I mean, I mean, I don't really see any of any of the Big Bang Theory people doing that because they're not. They were not like Charlie because Charlie at one point did have a career in the eighties, and when two and a half oh, men he did, started, he, did lots. he was. Yeah, when, when two when two and a half men started, he was already washed up. So you know, yeah. well, that was his like last role to 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 stay relevant. In the media. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's just that they did have so many characters. They did have, um, yeah, I mean, he did Hot Shots. He did um, Wall Street. He, he, we did so many films back then, yeah. you know, back during the eighties and early nineties, you know. So he was, he was a big name actor. And like I said, what was like Big Bang Theory? Like none of these actors have been big names. I mean, they've just done, like, random small roles before doing Big Bang Theory, so I don't really see them going off the rails anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what I got on on Two and a Half Men. <laughs> that was bizarre. That was like, <laughs> that's some surreal shit right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. <sighs> so anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Um, God, I don't, I don't think we can top that. <laughs> no. I don't I really think we can really top the two and a half men finale story. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's pretty much why I wanted to mention it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at like anime news. I'm pretty sure like there's some bullshit <laughs> that can top this. Yeah. Oh my god, there's a Hello Kitty toilet seat cover. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It's been a slow week for anime. And anime news in general. Well, you got more Sailor Moon stuff. Oh, God, there's always moon, Sailor Moon stuff. Oh, yeah, well, one of our actual people on the anime podcast actually finally um, left us recently. Oh, why? why? Uh, they uh, focus on their um, university career. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we, we, we had one of them left. So we had a podcast with them leaving, and that's... Pretty much it. Oh, Dragon Ball Z Kai gets an extra slot on Adult Swim. Oh, <laughs> that's a fun. Oh, speaking of Dragon Ball Z, you know um, Dragon Ball Z um, Fusion F or whatever they're calling it is um, it's going to be the first Japanese, uh, the first Japanese cartoon to be made for IMAX 3D. Yeah, we already talked about this. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, that's what I mean. I'm digging up the news. <laughs> I really have nothing. Sixtieth <laughs> episode, Tom. Come on. <laughs> um, um, Chuck Lowry's a dick. 
yeah. Oh yeah. I met. I met Tommy Wiseau. Oh, get out! No, I have. I did. There's a picture on Facebook with me with him. Oh my god! Well, you, you gotta tell me about it. this. You ever know? No, no, no. Go on no. Facebook at the moment and look at the most recent recent three pictures. <laughs> oh my god! You see him? I wanna. I wanna. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> was it back in? He was. He was in England back early February. Oh my god! He looks like a melted Michael Jackson. <laughs> he does not look well. He's got an old. Oh hi. <laughs> he, he was something else. Oh, because he's a weirdo. He he's. Yeah, me and um, me and three of my friends, we went to see... Okay, what happened was, he was coming to England, he was going to show off the room, and also he was going to produce, uh, going to show off um, his new product, the uh, Neighbours. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got the saw Neighbours. How, that, how was that? That's something else within itself. Um, so... We basically came down, and basically we had to queue up outside, so we actually felt like we were actually like American cinema for some weird reason. American cinema let you, tell you the queue outside the cinema, not yeah. inside the cinema. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't get that either. Just, just give them a ticket, just make them wait around, and then they can go in. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah this is going to be cool. This is going to be good. So um, we were going down, and literally, the first thing that happened when we came in, he was at the bottom of the... Because, basically, we had to go down the stairs, go, to the, go in the Prince Charles Theatre. There's two cinemas. There's one upstairs. There's one... No, Scream. So there's one Scream upstairs, and then one Scream downstairs. And on the Scream downstairs, we had to go down, downstairs. Over there. At the bottom of the stairs was Tom So there, basically welcoming everyone and shaking their hands, saying, hi, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> You're just starstruck. Yeah, I'm like, I actually got, I actually got my copy of um, the room signed by him. Well, he'll sign anything. For oh yeah, honey, these days. Oh yeah, basically, just bought the Blu-ray version and then he signed it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bravasar, and also you can tell by the picture. I know I'm six foot two, but he's not that tall. Like my friend. <laughs> My my female friend that came with us, she's five foot three. So hang on, I, 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 I'm actually going to send you the picture um, to just give you an idea. Okay, no, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, you have you got up the album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's five foot three. Just keep that in mind. Oh my god. So we all had a good time because what happened was that. Me and my friend Sam, we both knew what the room was. I saw the room once, and Sam never seen the film. But he knew everything about it. He knew what it is, he knew what it is, and blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff. So, so our friend, our, our female friend, um, Rachel, she um, basically knew nothing about the film at all. And this is the Aww. first time. So she said, oh, what's this film about? And it's like, oh, it's a huge cult classic. Like, people talk about it a lot. And um, it has a big 
cult following, but it's supposed to be very dark humor sort of thing and dramatical and stuff like that. You, 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 you're going to like it. You're going to like it. That's, the, the, that's what we told her. Went down and immediately said, how are you guys doing for screaming in the room? And then right, and Rachel's like, oh my God, this is not a normal film, isn't it? And we're like, no. And then there was all these rules we had to follow. And I think I mentioned on the previous podcast before, what was the rules for watching the film and everything like that. And for those that don't know, you can look online for, for the rule. Just look for screaming of the room rules um and there's like a bunch of rules and you have to follow them and we all the three of like me me sam rachel and another friend of ours called tom as well and we all just cracked up laughing watching this film and i i said to myself you know what if tommy was so ever comes to england i'm gonna get tickets for this film and we're all gonna go and see it again <laughs> and sure enough i've literally I was just sitting there. I just came back from work. I'm sitting there. I looked online. Extra dates with the room being added with Tommy and So, and I thought, fuck, I'm booking those tickets. <laughs> so I booked the tickets, and yeah, one thing led to another, and um, we went to see the room, and we enjoyed it. And we just cracked up laughing. We could not stop laughing. It was... And he even did a Q&A when he asked a question. Also, I got to ask him a question. Uh, what did you ask him? I just asked him what was his favourite scene in the film. <laughs> and guess what he said to me? What? You're tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so awesome. So, and it's like, if you see for the pictures, like, my mate actually got invited on top of the stage because he was wearing uh, jackets. <laughs> you want me to tell you what Neighbours is? Because uh, I, I, I've heard he's been trying to get that off the ground for a while now. Oh, he's been trying to get that off the ground since 2008. Yeah. So... I'm going to try my best here to explain Neighbours because even... <laughs> I watched the first episode, and be honest, we all thought it was shit. Not even so bad it's good like The Room? It tried to be a sitcom. Oh. He tried doing a comedy. So, we watched it, and we, we were pissed off because it, we thought to ourselves, we sat and watched this for an hour, and it was one of the worst pieces of shit ever. We could... We were complaining, we were all hungry. We were like, fuck's sake, we were right next to fucking Chinatown. We could have gone for fucking Chinese and watched this. Oh my God, it's 40 minutes long. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, it's a sitcom, and it's a situational sitcom when it takes when it's set in an apartment building that revolves around the lives of visitors, tenants, and their interaction with one another with the management, played by Charlie, played by, by Tommy Wiseau. Oh, God. And that's pretty much it. And there's, like, this whole... There's, like, a bunch of different stories going on, like... One character is a slut who basically goes around and sleeps with everyone. There's another female character who just walks around in a bikini all the time. There's a black woman who's trying to find a chicken. It is horrendous. And like, not even... Not even... Because here's the thing that people don't understand if you're not familiar with The Room. The the reason why The Room was so fucking funny is because it's not meant to be a comedy. No. It was supposed to be serious. It's just that Tommy was so profit off it so well 
he went with the flow of just trying to call it a dark comedy. He's like, oh, yeah, no, it was always meant to be comedy, yeah, that's it, yeah. Bullshit, (laughs) fucking bullshit. And we watched Neighbours and it's literally like, what on earth is going on here? It's like, it didn't know what it wanted to be. The whole scenario was mad as hell. And it just, you know... It was trying too, trying too hard. Yeah, just trying too hard. And also, this is the thing that pissed me off, for those who don't know who's listening to this. I've done filmmaking. I like, I've made my own, my own short films. I've worked on other films. I've been on sets of professional film music videos. And, and I've even edited some stuff, some of my own stuff. And the sound quality was horrendous. You can understand half the time what was going on. And you know what's even more pissed like? That the room was filmed on the exact same camera I owned. Really? Yeah, I owned the camera. Well, the same model of the camera that was made to make the room back in 2003. And the room had better sound quality, you're saying? Yes, the room had better sound quality and better, better picture quality. Wow. And that was in HD. Oh yeah, this this gonna make you laugh. Tommy was so want to turn the room into he want to make a three D adaptation of the room. Oh, he's been doing saying that shit for a while now. Yeah, he he said it again. We finally got the Blu Ray version out of it. But I digress. Um, it was literally oh my god, it was it was something else. We just sat there and it was just like this is just pure. This is just bad. It's like you couldn't understand what was going on. The sound quality was all over the place. The picture quality was horrendous. And there was a teaser thing for the, for a second episode. Which does not exist from, yeah, I, yeah, from Wikipedia. Exist. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and it deals with potheads. It deals with um, angry black guys, angry black women, um, stereotypical Asian people, stereotypical Mexican people. Oh my oh, god! Oh, so let me let me get this straight. Waso apparently has gotten all his knowledge from comedy from watching old episodes of Sat- Saturday like, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, well, again, the RB Club. For those who don't know, this is a reviewing thing. I'm going to read out what they said, and I agree with this. What they said. The RV Club noted that the production value and acting quality of Neighbours were far worse than those of the room, and noted the unexplained appearance of a woman in bikinis in several scenes. Rousseau responded to the criticism saying that the women, the women were meant to be a similar of sexual liberty to sexualize women. Sexual liberty for women. If you want a character to be sexually liberated, you would have her just, like, sleep with someone and have an open relationship with people. That's what I mean. The best way to describe that is basically sex-positive feminists. Basically trying to be positive to femininity. And also then, also several reviews noted that the black, Asian, and female characters tend to be characterized as racist slash or sexual stereotypes. Because again, that's what Wiseau apparently knows. He does not apparently understand comedy. Yep, and just wasn't funny. It was horrendous. It's like I wish I didn't stay around and watch it. I literally wish I could have gone off the like 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 my friend Rachel said. Um, we should have just fucked the film and go off and actually go and um, gone to Chinatown and got fucking Chinese. <laughs> 
I think the I think the problem with Wasso is that he's just one of those guys who's never been who's never been able to get anything else off the ground after the room. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame because I I really do think that if he works with the right people, he could really create something really fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. He, he does have that potential. Um, I think I did because 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 if if you're on YouTube, Google up Tommy why why show, which is him basically failing at video games. He did from a thing he did for Machinima for I think back in 2011. Yeah, and it is fucking hilarious. So the dude does have charisma, and he is interesting, and he is a, a fucking caricature himself, yeah. but. But this this type of shit, it, it he's never been able to to create something that's going to be as successful as the room because the room is the only thing that he he's known for and he's never been able to you know replicate its success. Yeah, I know he did a documentary which didn't do that well either. It was called Homeless in America, I believe. Yeah. Which was like, yeah. Ooh. And you know what's even weirder? He's going to be in Samurai Cop too. Yeah. <laughs> God. That was a train wreck within itself, Samurai Cop. But you know, that's that's. I, I, I get it's it's it, Samurai Cop again. It's it's one of those movies that again, like just like the room, someone found it one day and it became popular on the internet and yada yada yada. Yeah. You know the story, but. You're really gonna make it sequel, and you're gonna make it tongue in cheek. But but the whole point of Samurai Cop is that once again the humor comes from the fact that this that it took itself way too fucking seriously. I think the only way you can get away with making a Samurai Cop two is if you make it all meta. That's the only way you can get around that. Yeah. But yet again, yeah. do you really want to sit down and watch an hour and a half film with just meta humor? Oh fuck no. I'm looking at you, Deadpool. <laughs> But uh, it depends on the writer. <laughs> well, if you want to get get a great writer, get 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 the essential writer. Did um, oh, who's that female writer getting hired a lot recently? Oh, the one, the one, the one that did Heat and Bridemaids. <laughs> like like I said, like I said, I don't I understand like you know we live in a world where you know people find these shitty B movies and they get popular and yada yada yada. But there has to come a point where where this where this fat has to die, like it it has to. But you forget, it never will. <laughs> it never will. <laughs> but. The thing with Samurai Cop 2 is that that's being publicly funded. Well, yeah, I mean, something becomes popular, you know, and then someone goes in and says, I'm a fan of this, and I'm going to get these people, and we're going to have a Kickstarter, and then Kickstarter is, is successful, and then yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Like I said, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> Give it a lot worse. The only time I see a film in this sort of vein, like this sort of bad style thing, which is actually good, really good, but it has that very B-movie look to it, I think was um, Big Trouble in Little China, personally. I think the reason why that movie worked so well is because 
Carpenter knew that he was making an homage to those movies. Oh, yeah, definitely, 100%. Like, he knew he was making an homage to that movie, and he knew he wanted to... It was his love letter to those cheesy fucking movies they grew up watching. Yeah, and he did a really good job of it. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, it's obviously that it took influence from B-list movies. Like, it had a lot yeah. of tones to it, you know? That's still blowing my mind, though, that the original film was originally um, supposed to be set in the West during the 1980s, during the 1800s. <laughs> I've been Zeus on that. Originally, it was meant to set there, but the parody that went into the random hell, and then all stuff went to shit, and we got big, tro- big trouble in Little China. <laughs> Which, by the way, for those who've never seen the film... Oh, shame on you. You need to see it. It's literally one of the... Uh, one of the best cult classics I've seen. Again, talking about the Prince Charles Theatre, that's where I went to see The Room. That's where I saw, um, for the first time, I saw Escape from New York there, and I also saw Big Trouble in Little China on the big screen there, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so happy I see these films on the big screen. Because <laughs> you remember when I told you when I saw, when I went up there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, wait, you never seen, I went, no. <laughs> I, I said, yeah, I, like, I, you never seen Escape from New York? Wow, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, what I mean, I have, seen bits of it but I've never watched it all the way from the start to the finish before and I thought you know what if I'm going to see this I'm going to do this right I'm going to watch this on, on the big screen you know <laughs> and I did and, and the same the same with Big Trouble with Little China like I have it on DVD but I never watched it all the way from start to finish and I did it did it with this as well and it, I, 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 I still say this to this day I, I'm not I don't regret it I don't regret paying to go and see this film that out on DVD already on a big screen yeah, because at the same time, I understand the appeal of, of those types of theaters because these movies hold a, a special place in people's hearts, yeah. and we get a lot of articles saying to people, "What movies should you should you want to experience on the big screen?" And you're like, "Oh, this movie," and then a theater picks up the rights to it and shows it like a one night only type thing. Yeah, well, that's way I saw. Um, it wasn't at the Prince Charles Theatre, but I saw it at the BFI um, cinema. And um, for those that don't know, BFI is the British Film Institution here in the UK, and they deal with, like, all these old ancient films to be imported here in the United Kingdom, a whole f- tons and tons of film art archives of films that are dawning back to where cinema, cinema was first made, and I saw Apocalypse Now on the big screen there for the first time. Oh. <laughs> and it was the director's cut. It was originally, um, it was the original Kubrick cut. The one he wanted to show to everyone that had no ending credits, no nothing like that at the end. Wow. It was really good. And the thing was that I went with my stepdad on that because I knew he was a fan of it and he hadn't seen it for years and he, and he said he forgot how good the film was. Yeah, because Apocalypse Now is just one of those movies that's really fucking... <laughs> it's violent. It's still violent to today's standards. Oh, it fucks you up. It's one of those movies that really fucks you up. Yeah, you're, literally those words, the horror... That when that actually, when you watch that whole entire film and you actually hear that being said for the for the final time, you literally are like, "Wow, this movie is not horrendous in a bad way." But what happened in Vietnam? It showed the dark, twisted side of Vietnam, and it did it really well. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the original director got really pissed off with what's his name. Um, you know, turning up. Um. Complete utter mess on set, but you know it happens. Oh, that was Brando for you. Yeah. 
well, towards the end of his career, he really not gave a shit about himself. <laughs> I digress about that. But again, he, he, it actually worked in the favour for the film. It made it such a memorable character. Yep. But again, I, I, I really enjoyed the film. Um, I, I, again, I really enjoyed the Prince Shah Theatre. I enjoyed watching The Room there. I've seen Escape from New York. I've seen Big Trouble in Little China. And this is what my friend done recently. Uh, my, mate, my mate Sam, um, who I told you about, we went to see the room with. Um, he recently brought tickets to go and see a marathon there because they do marathons. Mm-hmm. Like I told you about before in the past. But keep in mind, Prince Charles Theatre will show practically almost anything. They show the DC animated film Flashpoint Paradox oh, on the big screen. I was annoyed I did not see that because that's actually not a bad animated film, to be honest. That's depressing as fuck. Yeah, but that's what's so good about it. It's so different. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm depressed. Well, I'm, dep- I'm depressed, but you know, I'm enjoying this. But but it's... Oh, my... It, oh, you saw the big Lebowski there as well on the big screen. Uh, awesome. That was brilliant. But... They do a going back to the story. He bought a marathon ticket. He's going to see all six Lord of the Rings films. Oh my god! <laughs> it's going to start at half eight at night. Guess what time he's going to be out of the cinema? The next day. The next day at three thirty p.m. <laughs> Oh my god! Six films. The original Hobbit trilogy. Oh! To the, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And he said he already been to a marathon of all three Hobbit films. But now he want to go to a marathon of all the films. <laughs> and he paid, was it, like 20 quid for it? Wow. And I just say now, I just said to myself, dude, I know I know, Odeon ticket now costs like £11.50p, but Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. Oh. For those that don't know, listening in America, that's a cinema chain in the United Kingdom. Um. Oh my... It, and I was just saying, I'm like, dude, you're mad. And he went, and, and like, cause we were up in London today, the time of this recording, and we were like, oh my god, what, what on earth have you done? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Fuck. I tell you one thing that's pop- popular at the Prince Charles Theatre. They do um, sing-alongs, <laughs> and guess what? They're having a sing-along. Um, they do sing-along of Rocky Horror Picture Show, Grease. Um, Sound of the Wind. But this is the most recent sing-along they managed to get the rights to to do there constantly now. And it constantly always seems to be sold out as well. It's frozen. Rocky Horror. Oh. <laughs> oh, they do, they do Little Shop Horrors as well. I forgot about that. My one. And, um, yeah, Frozen is one of the popular ones there. Why? I don't know. But going on more better films, they're actually showing True Romance as well. Oh, True Romance is awesome. The annoying thing was, I was able to go to a free screen with that, but I was the day when it was showing it, I was working. 
Oh, man. But you know what's even better? They're showing it on the 6 to 35th millimeter reel as on it as well. So basically, they're showing the original film reel version of it. Oh, nice. So, yeah, they're doing... Oh, my God. It's it literally... It's a marathon of glory. Ah, they're doing a Ace Ventura double head, double feature. That'd be funny. And also, at the moment, they're doing it also long with the Lego movie. Oh, God, that's that's a weird one to be showing. What? You remember that Bill Murray film when he was a submarine driver? Uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou? Yes. A.K.A. the only movie I ever walked out of. <laughs> yep, they're showing that on the big screen. Because, for those that don't know as well, the Prince Charles Theatre for known for showing B-movies and bad films. And you may be wondering, why on earth you show a bad film? Oh my god. Why not? You know? I... I really hate myself because that was the first Wes Anderson movie I saw. And after, and it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, I'm not going to watch another Wes Anderson movie because that movie was terrible. And I thought all his movies were going to be like that. But then I watched, like, the Royal Tenenbaums, like, a couple of years ago. And I'm like, I was so wrong about Wes Anderson's movies. It uh, was, it fucking hurt. Yeah. Please, please don't I've just saw something which I want to go see. I'm just checking to see if, if I'm off on that day. <laughs> oh my god, I am. What? what do you okay, want I'm going to see Dread. Yes! <laughs> I'm going to see Dread on the big screen. And here's a little fact for you. The whole Dread film is as long as the ending sequence to... As long as the ending sequence to Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> I shit you not. You can watch the whole entire film of Dread in the same amount of time you watch the ending sequence to Metal Gear Solid 4. Wow. Also, they do a classic film season. Guess, guess what they're in their classic film season they're showing? What? Okay, they're showing um, Casablanca. Okay, awesome. Citizen Kane. Awesome. The original Great Expectations. I've not seen that. Um, they're showing um, 12 Angry Men. Oh, that's a good one. Singing in the Rain. I've not seen that. Oh, seeing a, it's one of these weird films. You think it's going to be a musical, but it's actually about the making of the Holly, Hollywood industry when it develops sound. Hmm. It's really good. Um, I have not seen that. Um, um, a Rebel Without a Cause. have not seen that one. And Seven Samurai. Oh, Seven Samurai is fucking amazing. Yeah, that's their classic film, film um, season. And be honest, for a classic film season, that's a pretty good lineup, you know. That's a that's a great lineup. That's one of the best lineups you could have, to be quite honest. There's a few others, but I don't know how to pronounce announce some of them. Um, hang on, oh, there's one. A um, steel car. Oh, a steel a steel car named Daisy. Oh, a steel car named Daisy. I've not seen that, but I heard it was really good. Yeah. Oh god, they they brought back a they. This is a popular one with the Prince Charles Theatre. I always seem to come back year after year. Is um is Mean Girls, which they call. Uh. <laughs> no, 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 no. They show it. It's actually quite popular. It sells out every single time they show it because they they encourage you to bitch along to it. <laughs> they call it. They call it Mean Girls bitch along. I shit you not. 
exactly want to put. Oh, they bring back the Pixar marathon. Is when you sit down, you watch the original Toy Story, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, Incredible, Ratatouille, Up and Brave. All one screaming. That's awesome. Oh, they bring back the Quintan, um, the Tarantino um, retrospective when they show show a season of uh, Tarantino films, which resolve of Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill One, One and Two, Grindhouse, Inglorious Bastards, and Django Unchained. No, again, that's that's Tarantino for you if anyone wants to. To sit through those. Yeah. Oh, um, they did show Akira back a while ago, and that was sold out. Of course. And that was the original Japanese version of the film with subtitles. Oh, nice. They'd done a screen marathon back back a while ago. Oh, yeah, Dirty Dancing. That's another one they do for the sing-alongs. Forgot about that. And Man on Rouge as well. Sorry, I'm literally just going going through their event page, and I'm just it's, it's it's mad when you actually look at their event page and you forget what they actually show from their events. Cause they actually, and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, am I free that day? Because I want to go see this. <laughs> oh, guess what? Another thing along which sells out like crazy here, um, sell out at the Prince Charles Theatre, which I do not understand till this day why it sell out sell out so much. What? Which one? <sighs> Spice World. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been serious. That sells out like mad. I don't even remember half the fucking songs in that movie. Yeah. I know this year is the 30-year anniversary for um, The Breakfast Club, and they're doing a 30-year anniversary party for it when they show the film. That's good. So, I'm I'm a fan of Breakfast Club, so I might go and see that. Oh, I think it's the only it's the only movie with Judd Nelson I actually enjoy. <laughs> oh, it's on the fifth of March. I'm free there as well. Sweet. <laughs> oh yeah, they're doing a James Bond retrospective at the moment as well. So like, they're showing all the oh, films. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they currently showing the Lego Movie at the moment as well. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, at the moment they got the rights to show Whiplash, so they're showing that as many times as possible. Um, they're showing, they're still showing Boyhood for some weird reason. But to give you an idea what a Saturday night at the Prince Charles Theatre is like, I'm just going to read out, um, I'm just going to read out what they show on a Friday night. At Starting at 12, a Frozen sing-along. Then later in the day, ran about, when it just about getting late, an, all, an Arnie all-nighter and a Scream Marathon. <laughs> the Arnie All Nighter. What they're showing for the Arnie All Nighter? Okay, let's have a look. Arnie All Nighter is includes Commando, Predator, The Running Man. I want to see The Running Man on the big screen. Um, Total Recoil, The Terminator, and Terminator Two. That's not a bad lineup. You know? I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed that there's there's no commando. No no no, no 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 I'd say commando. Oh okay okay. I would say the commando the first film they're going to show. Oh, because <laughs> that's the quintessential Arnold movie. Yeah. 
Sorry, I, I did say you probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. are. <laughs> also, the, tired. <laughs> yeah, they're also showing the um, Lego movie as well. They currently got the rights for that show. They're showing that throughout the um, out, out throughout the year. And they're showing yeah. Clerks. Oh, good. Awesome. We, Wally is another one. Wow, they are showing a lot. You know the one thing I was really, really annoyed. The trains were playing up back a few months ago, back like two months ago, near around where I live, and I want to go to Prince Charles Theatre. Guess what they were showing on the big screen? What? They were showing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. <laughs> I know it wasn't the first one, but I I thought to myself, you know what? If I'm going to see a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because I remember going to the cinema and seeing the third one in the cinema, and I did not like it. Oh, I but, feel sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go see a good Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Tur- Tur- film in, in the cinema. So I want to go see the second one. Nope, I couldn't was able to go because the all the trains were mucked up near around where I live. So I'm like, it's okay, I can't go uh-huh. see that. <laughs> and you couldn't experience uh, Vanilla Ice's amazing cameo That's on the big screen. screen. <laughs> also really annoying as well. They were giving away free pizza. Uh- <laughs> that night as well. You buy a ticket, you get you get a free slice of pizza from. From Pizza Hut. Oh, well, fuck it. If it's Pizza Hut, then it can go fuck itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair enough. But it was free pizza. Come on. You know? <laughs> free pizza. But I digress on that. But oh my God. It, it, it's, it's again, for those that don't know, if you ever come to London, you ever come to England, you're going to be within the London area, go to the Prince Charles Theatre. You're going to always enjoy what you're going to see on, on the screen there, especially if they show some cult stuff there. And that's pretty much it. I think we've rambled on long enough. And yep. Yeah, we don't want this to sound like an advertisement for the Prince Charles Theater. <laughs> I know. Go and see it now. <laughs> uh, anyway, this has been LO Governor Podcast, uh, episode 60. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye.